Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm stronger. I'm, I'm stronger than I've been since my 20s. I didn't think, I thought, man, I can grow older and stronger at the same time and get better. Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Welcome back. I'm here at Dodger Stadium where I'm with the Spartan Race and uh, interviewed Joe DeSana, founder earlier. And I've got now my good friend, Robert Owens here. Thank you for joining me, Robert. It's great. Yeah, so um, Robert is a uh, an endurance athlete, former pararescue man, trains a lot of uh, elite kids. warriors and kids to get into the special ops. Um, just all around amazing character. Before I start uh, jabbing with Robert, let me remind you um, real quickly, burpeesforvets.com. We are trying to really help raise awareness and money to help vets who are suffering from post-traumatic stress. And we're gonna, we've committed to doing 22 million burpees this year. Mm-hmm. And I need help because I can't do this all alone, even if I tried, right? Just not enough time. And you guys can help. It's not hard to do and you'll like it once you get into it. Yeah, once you get into it. So I've committed to 300 a day, which puts me over 100,000 for the year. And I'm donating 10 cents to Burpee. And so you can go to burpees, uh, burpees4vets.com to learn more. It's all through the Courage Foundation 501c3. And we're going to be setting up an actual program, an immersion program to teach these vets how to heal themselves through breath, through movement, through meditation, great. through team and that's a mission. Cool. Yeah, that's so, great. That's cool. I know. And we're both vets and we know how. And know, I got to watch you just do your 300. You see how we just cranked out the 300. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's near and dear to both of us. Um, those who serve sacrifice greatly. And when you're done with your service, it's not done for a lot of these folks. You know, I think I got off really lucky, even though I probably had some TBI or something going on. Most of us do. But um, yeah, they need some support. You know, they our career field is only 42% filled. Mm -hmm. Our guys are doing like yours. Pararescue. Pararescue. Multiple tours. Come home. Stressed. Divorced. Out of control. Need help. We can't get enough kids in, so we have to do these tours, and that gets worse yeah. and worse. Divorces. Right. You need recovery time you need when you recovery do a combat time. tour. Yeah, yeah. You can't just go right back out. But the thing is, these guys are so tough, they think they can do it, and they want to gut through it. And it's it's a progressive dis-ease. Let's put it that way. It builds and builds and builds. Yeah, you just don't know that you're carrying all this baggage. Right. And then one day it hits you. It hits you hard. And then all of a sudden, wow, what's wrong with me? Well, you're screwed up. Right. You know? Booyah. <laughs> Booyah, exactly. Nice. Well, and the smart ones reach out for help. A lot of them still think they can gut through it, and they turn to the bottle and turn to, you know, opioids Everything. or drugs or anything. If nothing else on this podcast, you're not that tough. Nobody right. is. Nobody is. And you need to know when to say when and when to ask for when help, ask and for it's help. not going to take away your manhood. Yeah, you know what? That's one of the important things for me to learn as a guy, that it's okay to ask for help. It's actually a sign of strength. It's right? a sign of strength. One of the things, uh, my friend, I first heard this from Chris Smith. I don't know if you've met Chris. 
He's one of my SEAL fit coaches. He's a, a former SEAL, runs a Trident CrossFit. Great guy. Big into the CrossFit games um, and helping CrossFit organize that event. But um, one day we were talking about this at Kokoro and about what true strength is. And out of the blue, he goes to this candidate. He says, would you rather, in a big storm, would you rather be the mighty oak or the willow? And the guy's like, well, I want to be the oak. He goes, no, you don't, because the oak's going to get blown over. But the willow's just going to bend and, you know, or the reed. I don't know if he said willow or reed, whatever it was that was, you know, really flexible and pliable. So as human beings and as males, we want to learn to be pliable and flexible. In order to do that, you have to breathe. You have to move with things like yoga. And you have to also be able to surrender to things that you can't control. And that means oftentimes asking for help. You can't control the oppressive weight of post-traumatic right. stress. You can't. You can't. And where do you, where do you find a place that teaches men how to show vulnerability? You right. just don't find it very many Not places. Not very many places. You know, mm-hmm. People don't like that. So you were a pararescue. Tell the folks who are listening what that is. I'm not sure everyone really knows what a Air Force pararescue man does. Actually, you're a Navy SEAL. Why don't you introduce us as what we are? <laughs> okay, I will tell you. <laughs> because it's better than you're PJs. So we, we call you PJs. It's a very small, very elite group in the Air Force. And what I love about PJs is they want to, uh, they're, you're medical professionals. Right? You, right, your service is to save. To save. Whereas the Navy SEALs service is to go everybody wreak else havoc. Is, everybody else is offense. Yeah, we were offense. We wanted to wreak havoc. You wanted to go save a life. We want to save you. You want to save me. Yeah, yeah. for when myself. When, when, when those guys are in trouble, we want to be there and say, "Okay, that's right. our job now to get you out." So, did you go in? With an interest in medical stuff, or were you just like, I want to be in the Air Force, and the pararescue is the most elite unit? No, a lot of guys that I talked to were like, I'm either going to be a SEAL or a PJ, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, they're very different. You know what I mean? You know what happened was I was a beach lifeguard, and I had my first first kid die on me at 15 and a half mm-hmm. at the San Clemente Pier in my arms. Oh no! Right. I had my at 16, I had a lady die on me at Aliso. And so I was a three-year guard, and I had two people die in the first two years I was a guard. Mm. And I liked the rush of the rescue. I liked being called on. I liked the responsibility. I liked performing under pressure. Mm -hmm. And what happened, and it doesn't happen much anymore, but the SEALs would come by and recruit. Mm -hmm. Hey, we want watermen. Mm-hmm. And so you guys, any of you guys want to do military? Um, we need watermen. We need cross-country kind of guys, long distance, you know, mm-hmm. stay in the game. Mm-hmm. And then others would say, don't do anything. The pararescue guys are coming in. Everybody would say, well, who are they? Mm-hmm. And then the PJs would come in, and they would sell. And they'd say, you don't want to be a SEAL. You want to be a PJ. And then they'd explain the difference mentally. Mm-hmm. And I think four of my friends became SEALs, and like four of us became PJs because mm-hmm. we had different mindsets of – we want to watch you do the deal, but we want to be there to, to make a difference and bring people home. Right. And so that captured me. So when that happened, these guys said, you know what, you need to be a PJ. And I said, I don't want to go in the military. And they said, yeah, you do. We have way fun. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of fun. We'll pay you to work out. You know, and they showed me pictures. Send you around the world. They never showed us any uniforms at all. <laughs> you know, they said, we take you to REI and we get your stuff. We take you to scuba shop, we get your stuff. And I went, I'm in. <laughs> and so I signed up for the, the next three- thing you're standing at boot camp going, what the heck is this? This guy's lied to me. Right. But anyway, 
So I got in, but when I got to my station, that's what they did. They took me to REI and they outfitted me with my beamers and my jubers and all my boots and my bags. And then I went over to scuba shop, <laughs> got all my suits and all my stuff. And it was like, wow, I'm getting paid to Christmas, do this, yeah. jumping out of planes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the training pipeline for PJs. <clears throat> it's and then we'll move on to some other things. You know, we go jump school right away, which is a really fun experience. So you go, well, first you have to go through boot camp. You go through your basic, uh, and uh, then you enlisted. go what we call indoc, which yeah. is your indoctrination. It's sort of like your buds. And Is that more of a selection? If you don't make it through that, you don't start right. the pipeline, yeah. right? Okay. So in my class, I think we had 157 guys out of six Saturday mornings. You know, you come on Saturday morning and oh, test. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, and test. And if you can do the test, then they stay, they taking stuff and anyway then the whittling process began mm -hmm. and we did a 13 week prep mm -hmm. from that point uh you run from four in the morning till five o'clock at night you're in the pool and you're mm -hmm. you're Constantly doing it's there. the non-stop thing and we whittled our class down to where we only had like seven of us graduate mm -hmm. nice. we had i think six rollbacks i think we graduated 16 something with everybody in there and um it was a wild experience. They made me team leader at the end. Mm -hmm. And this sergeant, this the shaper of young men, this guy's name is T.J. Bruce, well known in the P.J. community as a father figure mm -hmm. to young kids. Mm. He had a big wad of dip in his mouth. and He leans forward, puts his nose on my nose. <laughs> Talk about having your space invaded. Yeah, right. You know, like I'm 23. And he just leans into me. He says, Owens, he says, do I own you yet? <laughs> <laughs> and I just went, oh, God, I just started to cry. You know, just tears start. I go, you own me, Sergeant. You own me, you know. <laughs> and he goes, you know, because you're always hiding. Because I didn't want to be a leader. I wanted right. to hide. I wanted to be in the back. Let somebody else do all the stuff, you know. Right. Pulled his nose off and said, you're my effing leader. Got it? And I went, yes, sir. From now on, these are your men, not my men. And I went, yes, sir. And I grew up in a day. In one second, it was like somebody had turned them. I'd gone from a master's degree in irresponsibility mm -hmm. to all of a sudden, I'm in the game. I'm in charge. And so. Because you felt the weight of responsibility now on all, yeah. all those guys. And so then he said, we're taking off to jump school. And he said, if any of the schools, one of your guys gets in trouble, I'm going to go on a plane and I'm going to have your ass. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. And I went, yes, Sergeant. Mm -hmm. These are your men. And I just. Wow. So we went to jump school, then we went to scuba school, then we went to, I don't know, jump school in the, in the trees. We had to, you know, like if a pilot parachuted into high yeah. trees with a broken pelvis, right. how are you going to get him out? So you jump in yourself with your medical stuff, and then you do your jumars and your ropes and stuff, yeah. and then you lower him out. We went to right. Oregon, 300 foot trees. That's cool. Had to jump in, you know. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Sears, mm -hmm. you know, for, you know, search and rescue stuff, and, um, Personal War School. And Wait, not, not Sears, the shopping mall? That's, not that one. Not that Sears. <laughs> and that was a trip, you know. Uh, that whole experience was just growing up some more. And uh, it was a year. What about the medical training? So we went was in, that laced throughout it or was it Laced throughout. Okay. We went, went to Hill Air Force Base in Utah, and we did all of our cutting of all of our mm -hmm. things and sewing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we went back to Kirkland at um, Albuquerque Airport mm -hmm. on the other side. And we finished off all of our medical there. Mm -hmm. And today, the kids have to do um, about six months in the emergency room in a hospital. Mm. Wow. So, you, yeah, for trauma and medicine. You have, to, you have to do it there before they put you in a plane and jump you in someplace. And right. that's intense. A lot of guys get all the way through physically, and they bail out. They, they flunk in med school. Because, mm -hmm. like, 
you know, like a med school thing. You're just, you're in the game. Right. You're cutting, sewing, you're giving drugs, you're doing the whole thing, 24-hour mm -hmm. shifts, mm -hmm. you know, and then they say, okay, you're ready for the military again. Mm -hmm. So it's it's an intense thing. It's not for everybody. Of course. Some guys want offense, you know, and some guys like that thing of mm -hmm. call on me. Today, yeah. you know, with with Delta and stuff, you'll oftentimes see the Ranger and you'll see the, the SEAL guy. Then you'll have a, a, a pair of rescue guy in the, yeah, back, in the back just in case something's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, I know the PJs assigned to DevGrew or to, yep. um, you know, JSOC and DevGrew and CAG. Hey, folks, Mark here. Listen up. I've got a secret weapon for you to make your working out and training more efficient and to get better results and faster. It's called the Halo Sport, and I love this tool. Simply put, training with a Halo Sport allows you to develop your muscle memory faster. The headset applies electrostimulation to your brain's motor cortex to induce a temporary state of hyperlearning. How cool is that? That means you're going to get better results faster from anything that you do where you need to learn by moving, such as your SilFit wad, martial arts training, yoga, tai chi, or even running. Now, I interviewed Halo's CEO, Dr. Daniel Chow, a while back, and I was really impressed by his team and this underlying technology, the science of transcranial direct current stimulation, or TDCS, which has over 15 years of scientific and military research behind it. I now personally use Halo Sport for many of my high-intensity wads and when I do my Tai Chi training where I'm trying to learn some new form. When I train my movements with the Halo Sport, I do learn faster and I get more precision and I feel I can perform more aggressively. Halo Sport's already being used extensively in the military special operations communities. And from my SEAL friends, I've heard that they get great results. It's also used by many pro athletes, Olympians, and thousands of lifelong athletes just like you and I. So in my mind, Halo Sport is the ideal training tool for those like you who want to exceed your training goals. To learn more about the Halo Sport, go to haloneuro.com. That's H-A-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com. And you can use the code UNBEATABLEMIND, all one word, UNBEATABLEMIND at checkout to get this awesome product for $475, which is $275 off of the retail price. Again, haloneuro.com. Use the code UNBEATABLEMIND. You won't be disappointed. This is a great tool. All right, let's get back to the show. Hoo-yah. So how many years did you serve uh, in the actual force? Just under four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was a bad time. It was the yeah. end of the war. End of Vietnam War. And the guys were coming home sour, uh -huh. yeah. bitter. Yeah. And so all the guys that came to my unit were just mad at the government, hmm. mad at the Congress, mad at the military. They'd been sold out. Their friends were dead. We didn't have the win, and they leaked. And a lot of us young guys uh, just heard this crap all the time. Mm -hmm. If this wasn't worth it, we ruined our lives. We shouldn't have done this, you know. Yeah. They sold us out. And uh, then all of a sudden they have budget cuts, like after every conflict. So they came to my unit, and they said, hey, we need 20% of you out in a month. Who wants out? Hmm. And uh, here's GI Bill. Here's some, here's some money. And so I looked around, you know, I said, these 25, 30-year-old guys are not the happiest guys in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I think probably I'll go do something else because mm -hmm. it's not the way I was sold. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went back to college. That's cool. 
So let's uh, fast forward a little bit. And I, you've spent a life um, both training yourself through intense endurance activities and also inspiring others. You have your own radio show and TV show, and mm-hmm. and you continue to do that. And um, you're what, like 85 years old now? 86. 86? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just turned 66. You, you, you're claiming the mantle as the oldest man to go through Kokoro Camp. And I, I'm claiming is, that there sucker. There's a debate about that. We have to go through the records. That why that. held me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty powerful. That was a why. That thing was <laughs> Dave Crandall and the others. Like, this uh, this is my deal. One. You know, I have one chance at life. So this year, I want to talk about the lessons you learned in your seal fit experience and then also how that helped you do this incredible journey you've been on this year where you did these like five, these five, five serious challenge events. And one of them is my, you know, any one of them is mind boggling in and of themselves. So let's talk about the first one of those, which was seal fit and Kokoro camp. And then how that played into some of the other ones. Let or me just give, you know, give yeah, us a synopsis. I'll let me talking. give it. Yeah. I'd done 11 Ironmans mm-hmm. and I was watching age groupers get weaker and weaker. Mm hmm. And I looked at their muscles, and they looked like old muscles. Yeah, right. So they could go all day, but they couldn't pedal. They had no functional strength. No functional strength. Monostructural. Swimming just doesn't pull anymore. Hmm. And I saw, I, you know, I'm just turning 60, and I'm watching 65 to 70, 75 to 80, 80, oldest guys. And I thought, everybody's fading out. Hmm. So about 63, I knew that if you always do what you've always done, and I... I just thought, if I want to stay in the game for 20 more years, mm-hmm. I have to change. Mm-hmm. I finally found a CrossFit, and I went in, and I didn't like it. The first two I went to, they were just meathead shops. Mm-hmm. Guys were all tatted out, cussing, yelling at you, you know, if you don't do this, you don't know anything. And I went, wrong mindset. Right. I finally found one in San Juan Capistrano where the guy said to me, do you want to be a competitor or health and wellness? Mm-hmm. I said, just health and wellness. Mm-hmm. He said, we have a bunch of 60-year-olds over here. This guy's a golfer. <laughs> this guy's a mountain biker. This guy's blah, blah, blah. They're health and wellness. But this helps them do everything else. Mm-hmm. And I went, whoa. And all of a sudden, I was captured and it changed. Then they said, go to SealFit. Nice. And I said, where's that? And Sunitas pulled it up, read about it, and then got the courage on one Saturday morning to drive down <laughs> and see that, if, I could, if I could function with this group, you know? And so it kicked my butt, and I loved it. Right. And I just went, I'm, I'm hooked. And so for those of you who've never been to the old days, it was, it was just a, a different culture, and it was great. Mm-hmm. And so then they started leaking. Ah, you got to go to the three-day leadership thing, or you got to try <laughs> these different <laughs> things. And all of a sudden, what else? Are they, what, what? And then they go, there's this thing called Kokoro. Right. And I go, what's that? Kukuru? No, it's Kokoro. <laughs> and they said. It means heart, mind, and action. And they said, dude, you need to do 50 straight. And I go, CrossFit kind games in the sand, 50 straight. And being an old PJ, you know, I was like, wow. And I, the challenge just sparks the challenge. Oh, the the whys begin to get bigger and deeper, you know? So functionally, you don't see guys that are aerobic guys be anaerobic. Mm -hmm. And you don't see anaerobic guys do aerobic stuff. So I thought, I wonder... Because this, this stuff I'm doing at Seal Fit and CrossFit, it's helped me in everything that I do. Right. Mental, emotional, relation. Mm-hmm. I'm stronger. I'm, I'm stronger than I've been since my 20s. Yeah. I didn't think, I thought, man, I can grow older and stronger and at the same better. time. Stronger and get better. And better. Yeah. And I remember having these breakthroughs at Seal Fit. And like Dave would say to me after the eight o'clock class, you want to do it again? 
<laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I'd go, what? What? And he'd say, let's do it again, nine o'clock. And I'd, he'd throw the gauntlet down, you know, in a real nice Dave way, real quiet. Right. You want to do it again? And I just, so I'd do it again. And I felt better. I did it faster almost the second time. And I went, right. my stamina is better. I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where you have these light bulbs pop off. I can get older and get better. And it was thrilling. Yeah, that is thrilling. So I kept, I, I went there for two and a half years, hurt this shoulder, had surgery, came back. But in, that, as soon as I heard about Kokoro, that was my goal. And I knew since I could only do three pull-ups, because I'm a swim, bike, run mm-hmm. kind of guy, how in the world am I going to get strong? Mm-hmm. And it took me two and a half years mm-hmm. of um, five days a week, mm-hmm. going there on Saturday mornings, and that's there. supplemental pole training in addition to your other training. Oh, you had to get stuff. specific on that one thing. That's right. And so... You know, I realize pulling, you know, most of humanity is so weak when it comes to pulling. They can't pull themselves up over a wall. You know, they would be able to pull themselves over a wall if they were being chased by a bad guy, you know, or yeah. a burning building. Pull-up is a, one of the granddaddy exercises. You know. It's a humbler. It's a very humbling. It's, yeah. a, it's a thing that, you know, I Pulled just... squats and burpees. If you didn't have any weight to move, then those three things. You know, you hear about body weight stuff, and you don't have any idea about body weight stuff. Do you do body weight stuff? Mm -hmm. Do burpees. You know, do air squats. Do do pull ups and push ups. And that's that's what you got us on. But let me let me say that when I went to the three day academy, I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So I bought my boots and my fatigues, and I showed up, you know, and got hosed down at midnight stuff. But you would take us into the rooms and explain things to us. Mm-hmm. And there were things that I knew that I didn't know that I knew that you, you talked about. And one was box breathing mm-hmm. and about emotional control. And all of a sudden it clicked to me in all of my life. Breathing is, has been everything. When I'm out of control, I lose everything. Mm-hmm. And we practiced box breathing. Mm-hmm. And we practiced it maybe three different times before we laid on the floor with that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Will. That's Will, yeah. <laughs> and so um, since that time, I've boxed breathe every single day. Perfect. To the point that in the seven marathons and seven days on seven continents, I, I ran the thing with the, my, my mouth closed and I inhaled and did my, my breathing so that I could stay in the game emotionally mm-hmm. and in mind control. Not physically, mm-hmm. so I could be that meditative monk mm-hmm. and just lock everything out and plow through miles. Mm-hmm. And it worked. That's awesome. All from that three-day leadership academy. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, SealFit changed me, encouraged me, built me, gave me a great set of friends. And, uh, you know, I'm now 66, and I'm, I'm just grateful. Yeah, you look really healthy. That's cool. So what is the um, – so that was one of the five challenges you hit. The first one was Greece. Okay, the Greece rock – yeah. yeah, that was, a th- how many miles did you guys go? 238. 238 miles. Eight days. Over eight days. That yeah. was a gut, gut uh, check for sure. The guy, you probably know him, James Lawrence, mm-hmm. Iron Cowboy. Yeah, I sure, I know. He said, everyone needs a stupid one on the resume. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was the worst thing. It was miserable. It was miserable. Boring, miserable, hot, yeah. blew up your feet. And again, equipment's everything and um, we made 238 miles in eight days. And those Spartans, that's a, that's a bunch of crap. They didn't do it in eight days. We, we said they didn't do this in eight days. So. This is just stupid, you know. <laughs> they had goats and cattle and cows and stuff, you know. Swords, shields, nah. But anyway, it was a wild experience. 
<laughs> I mean, That's the legend, though. <laughs> it's the legend. And it's the stupidest blown out legend. I mean, there's a reason why the cops come and wave to you and the bands, hoopa hoopa bands, wake through town. They said, nobody has ever done this in the world. A bunch of Americans are showing up to do this. And I go, I wonder why nobody's ever done this before. It was stupid. <laughs> Legendary, epic, stupid. <laughs> but you did it. You well, did it. we did it. We did it. We were yeah. and raised money. It was, you right. know, those guys raised money for the foundations. Right. Anyway, I thought if if I could do seven two thirty eight, then I could do seven in a row at twenty six. So this would be mm-hmm. a great tune up. That if I could do Greece, I could maybe do seven marathons in seven days on seven continents because you got to sleep maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, so this was sort of a tune up, and it, it warmed up that you know if I could do this, and then I ran into this thing called the quest which is a lifeguard memorial run oh that's cool and that's for all the guards that have died Mm -hmm. while rescuing swimmers Mm -hmm. in orange county Mm -hmm. and of course it was all kids again and they said and it's only for lifeguards Mm -hmm. you can't if you haven't been a lifeguard you're not allowed to do it so yeah 1960s i was a lifeguard you know so Mm -hmm. they said oh and why don't you show up i hear you're doing stuff Mm -hmm. showed up with these kids it was tough. Mm-hmm. It was a long marathon, you know, 25 miles of running mm-hmm. and swimming. Oh, cool. Anyway, so that... Down the coast. Yeah, oldest guy to ever do that. And the <laughs> oldest guy uh, oldest guy in Greece. <laughs> Just a little bit in front of Dave. <laughs> but that was all a tune-up then to get to Kokoro. Right. And so then the training intensified to the point that I drove down to your shop every morning at 6. Mm-hmm. I stopped going to my CrossFit almost completely and just focused on hanging with your guys, mm-hmm. the guys, because it was a different kind of intensity and they understood me. And there were a few guys you were training with who were going through the same class, right? Dave Crandall. He, Dave went through before. Oh, me. he was before you. Yeah. He went twice, remember? Right. He hurt his back the mm-hmm. first time and came back and did it again. Right. But yeah, then and then Kokoro came along and um, it crushed me. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I called Dave afterwards. I said, Dave, you didn't tell me. He goes, you can't really talk about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I go to, Some things are best left so, unsaid. Left, I, so, so Trey calls me and says, hey, you made it. Congratulations. I go, you didn't tell me either. He goes, you just don't talk about it. You just, <laughs> some things are unspoken. And that is, right. just show up, dude. Right. <laughs> Bring your A game. Best of luck. <laughs> so all the training that I did. I mean, I was doing weight vest runs of 20 miles. I was doing five 20-mile weight vest runs in a row, you know, five mm-hmm. days in a row. Mm-hmm. I was doing my burpees with my weight vests on, my push-ups, all my stuff. I got there and, oh, my God, I haven't trained enough. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just one of those experiences. And the reality was you had. I had. It's just there's, there's, it's, it's not physical. I mean, it, it is, but it's not. At, at some point after 12 hours, it's not. It's not. And I box breathe my way through it. Of course, yeah. Now, I know you appreciate some soreness brought on by getting busy with a bruising workout. But doesn't it suck when excessive soreness throws us off our game, causing us to back down on our effort, or even erasing those hard-won gains? That is why building recovery into our training plan is so important. Now, one way that I do that is with a simple-to-use recovery and healing tool called PowerDot. PowerDot is an electrical muscle stimulation device that forces type 2 muscle contractions, allowing you to increase muscle performance, speed up recovery, and also find a deeper mind-body connection. 
I've used complicated stim devices in the past to heal from my back injuries, but those were clumsy devices and not very effective to use for everyday use. The PowerDot, however, is a game changer because of its simplicity and the control through a well-designed mobile app. It's portable and powerful, making it usable for daily recovery or as needed for excessive soreness and to ward off potential overtraining injuries. PowerDot puts professional-level physical therapy into your gritty hands, saving valuable time and money. Now, the PowerDot team loves us at SealFit and Unbeatable Mind, and they have a generous offer for us. You can get 25% off the device when you go to PowerDot.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-D-O-T.com. And use the code UNBEATABLEMIND, all one word, UNBEATABLEMIND, at the checkout. So again, receive 25% off of one of my favorite tools for achieving increased muscle performance and recovery by going to power.com and using that code UNBEATABLEMIND. Hoo-yah. What was the most profound moment or insight from Kokoro? You know, beyond that it really was hard and that you could do it. I think you said at the very end when you were congratulating us, you said something like, how many, you, how many of you would like to do another day? Mm-hmm. How many of you could do another day of this? And I, we looked around and most of us felt we could, we do, could do another day. Mm-hmm. And that was profound. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't the physical thing. That happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You were exhausted and miserable a long time ago. It was mentally, like the kids in, in Hell Week, you can go a lot more. That 20X principle mm-hmm. is alive and everybody watching us today, mm-hmm. you, as you say, we just don't get tested mm-hmm. to know how much is really in us or what mm-hmm. we're really capable of. Right. And when time became irrelevant, right. that's just sort of a wake-up call. Time is irrelevant. Time is irrelevant. All you got is now. All you got is now. And you can just do now for a long time. Yeah, you can do it forever. <laughs> I I had we were talking about guys being vulnerable. I had you'd mentioned dark times. Not here, but you know, okay, now there are dark times. You're gonna have some of these dark times. Don't quit at night. You know. <laughs> and so that first night we just got done with the Murph and I was thrilled that I got through the Murph with a good time. And then I got on the ruck going up and I couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. And I was falling behind and I was really where I was sweating and I just I just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And so there was this high school kid, and he was laughing and joking. These two high school kids were laughing and joking the whole time. Like, what's the problem, dude? You know, they're, they're just having a great time. Some of them, they're going backwards, back, you know, just <laughs> talking. So I said to this high school kid, do you mind if I just hold on? And he looked at me and said, no, Mr. Owens. Oh, cool. Do you need to hold on? I go, yeah. So I just grabbed his arm, and he said, let's go. And he just pulled me up the mountain. And That's I went, great. and I went. Wow. And he said, are you good? I said, good. I let go. And then another guy comes along and says, Mr. Owens, do you need help? And I just held on to him. And then got through a level spot, let go, you know. And then he came back. The kid came back and said, you ready, Mr. Owens? And I went, thanks. And that humility was so hard for me to say, I need help. It was one of those moments. If you're a macho kind of a, I can do this, don't do that now. No, right. Be vulnerable. Be open. And they wanted to help me. Right. Later on in the week, I can help them. There's a, there's a concept that I've been toying with, and this is really profound. But if I've seen so many people deny offers of help, like, hey, can I help you with that? No, no, I got it. And I'm thinking nowadays, I'm thinking, you know what? That's actually kind of arrogant. You just denied someone else's offer 
to help. They saw that you could possibly Dirty. use their help. Yeah. So instead of being so egotistical and think, oh, I don't need your help. I got this. Right? Which is very self-centered, actually. All about self-image. Yes. Yeah, well, sure. Even if, even if you can get through it without the help, why deny the person who wants to help you? Great thought. Isn't that interesting? It just completely flips the whole equation. You're like, wait a minute. Of course you can help me because it's really not about me. It's about us. That light sort of turned me, on for me at about 60. Yeah. Like, I'm going to need help. Right. I help my dad. I lived with my dad the last 10 years of his life from 90 mm. to 100. Wow. What a powerful he experience needed help. that must have been. Yeah. I had an elder class, you know, an elder living every day and helping my him. My wife is going through that with her father right now. Learning to ask for help and, and not have it shatter your self-worth, your image, right. is a healthy thing. I agree. I agree. So what's next for you on the horizon? What's your big why now? Is it continuing to be physical challenges or you know, helping kids or what's, you know, what's really firing you up these days? You know, um, as you remember, Commandant Josh Smith mm -hmm. showed up at Kokoro mm -hmm. and he gave me a high five at the end and said, hey, thanks for representing Pararescue. <laughs> and cool. I said, this is the Commandant of the PJ program. Of the PJ right? program. Yeah, he flew from Texas. What a great guy. But we reconnected and I've been now flying to San Antonio monthly to work with the kids in Indoc. As a mentor? As a mentor. Great. And teaching box breathing. Great. And, and taking the stuff that I've learned and trying to get them to not quit. Right. We have the, the fittest quitters in the world. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, just, you know, you start a class of 170 kids and we graduated, I think, this last one, 13. Mm -hmm. And all of them self-eliminated. Right. They did not, couldn't make it. They said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And look at don't don't do this. Don't pull the plug on yourself. Yeah, yeah. But they mentally, of this generation again, skateboarding and video games, just were not able to stay in the game. And right. so I'm having a great time in that, working as a father, grandfather figure to all these young men. 50% of these young men did not have a father in the home. And when you push on them, it, they they just are a little soft. It's like yeah, yeah. if they didn't have a wrestling coach or football coach right. or somebody getting their space. They haven't learned in resiliency yet. Yeah. So mental toughness, resilience, that's been a great thing. I've also been speaking a lot. Okay. And um, I'm, a, I'm a corporate consultant business coach. And so mm -hmm. I'll go places and I'll talk to executives and try to say, you know, where's your stuff? And what do you want to do? What's your why? Mm -hmm. And does your wife know your why? And mm -hmm. she bought into your why, you know, mm -hmm. as you're doing your goals and conquering the mm -hmm. world and um, leadership stuff. It's, mm -hmm. it's been fun, again, to just be out there with this in my background this time. Because, yep. you know, you, you have your 20s and your 30s, your 40s. When you get to your 60s, everything sort of changes again. Mm -hmm. It's a recalibration. Right. And people listen to you differently mm -hmm. in your 60s than your 50s. Mm -hmm. In 60s, you're supposed to have gray hair and you're supposed to have something to say. <laughs> And it's supposed to be worth something right? versus just talk. And right. so it's been fun to just be back out doing this stuff again and especially work with kids. Nice. Well, that's certainly an incredible mission and very necessary, right? Our well, kids need inspiration. They need the wise elders to be out there, you know. We don't have uh, a culture for wise elders, so I'm, I'm glad to see you taking the lead and bringing that back. I'm sure, though, that you, when you have your leadership things – 
talk to them as you need to grow into role models yeah. and wise leaders. Take right. this out and impact Our people. culture needs wise elders. We do. We yeah. do. And not just shunting them aside or disregarding them. Or My dad said to me, he said, oh, listen, You son, know the flip side, sorry about that. I'll get back. The flip side of that is the millennial generation, like reading a book, having one experience, and then learning a little internet marketing, then all of a sudden putting themselves out there as a guru or as an expert. And they don't have the depth. And then people can be really led into these things and not get anywhere. And so then people try, all, you know, the next thing, 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 because it didn't really have the depth. That's right. You know what I mean? And so, like I said, you know, once you find an authentic teacher or path, and I'd like to think that Seal Fit and Unveiled Mind is one of those, there's a lifetime of opportunity to learn and grow and just Tons. dive in and go deep instead of stay shallow and flit across the surface. And it's the wise elder. That's how you become a wise elder. You don't, you know, you don't have to be seen as a the subject matter expert guru when you're 25. That's your time to go out and stub your toe and to fail and make all those mistakes make and mistakes and to learn know what and you're to have not. fun and to travel yeah. the world and right learn what you're not so you can you know fail your way to what you are that's right interesting huh all it's right a, it's a it's a great back to your father yeah I, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. no that's I, it, I just think that what you said is just so true on my dad's side my dad was a presiding judge of orange county wow so he was stanford undergrad stanford grad 4.0 fbi Chasing Germans around the United States. Wow. How cool. You know, what a cool war boy. crimes trials. Dad, what'd you do with them? We hung them. You know? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I, That's I did, a different time. When huh? my dad died, I opened all these papers and I said, what are these papers? And they were all Japanese prisoners of war giving their testimony, asking not to be hung. Oh, wow. And some of them were in Japanese versus the American translators translating these things. This stack of yellow papers... In Japanese, guys beg him for their life. Wow. wow. So when he came back to Orange County, he grew up with the Irvines, and if you know 55 Highway, mm -hmm. McFadden's, the Dwyer's, the Edinger's, all mm -hmm. those old Santa Ana families. Mm -hmm. So then he becomes the judge, and then he becomes the Superior Court judge, and then he becomes the presiding judge. So he does 40 years on the bench. He's the man in Orange County. He said to me about 65, he said, son, if you want to learn something, it's that they'll put you on the shelf as soon as possible you'll become irrelevant. He said, fight to stay relevant. Because if you're not careful, by 65 to 70, they don't ask you any questions anymore. Mm -hmm. They just put you on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And the next generation knows everything. Right. And he said, the saddest part about my life is that I have so much to share and no one will ask. Yeah. I want to give back so much and no one even considers me in the game anymore. That's he said, fight to stay relevant. Because you don't want to be put on the shelf any sooner than they let you do that. Right, right. So part of this doing five extreme endurance things is I want to stay relevant. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell old stories. I want to be in the game as mm -hmm. long as I can. Because the moment that an athlete tells old stories, yeah, we've heard those yeah, before. Yeah, we've heard it, yeah. So for all of us, you know, it's like, how are you going to stay relevant? And then my kids would say, Dad, you're sort of irrelevant. I mean, like, don't you know how to do this computer stuff? <laughs> and I go, no, I don't. I paid a secretary to do that, you know? You need to do this, Dad. So the struggle of staying in the game right. every decade as the world changes, it's a challenge that I want to see if I can do to the end. Yeah. And a lot of folks just pull the plug and play golf and say, yeah, I've exactly. learned it. I'm done. You know, I'm out. And I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. 
Booyah to that. Booyah. Booyah to and that. that's the same with you. And all the people that come to your leadership thing, you know, you inspire them to keep growing. Yeah, keep growing. But as you, you know, you take them with day you. Day by day in every way, get better and better. Get better. Booyah, hey. Booyah. <laughs> and we yeah. hope you'll all think on that because we, we want to do that. If someone wanted to, like, get in touch with you, how would they do that? Without sending you an email or calling your phone number because I don't want to burden you with that. <laughs> no. You can, my email is Robert Owens, but I have two S's on the end. Why? I went to get Robert Owens. It was gone. So I stuck an extra S on the end. Took, there can't be another Robert Owens. <laughs> I had one with three S's one time. <laughs> but it's Robert Owens with a double S at Yahoo. And you have a website. I have a website. It's, okay. it's my name, roberthamiltonowens.com. Robert Hamilton Owens. And I, all my stuff's on there. Robert Hamilton Owens. But awesome. thanks for the time. And again, thank you for mentoring me. And you didn't know all that you were mentoring when you were mentoring. All the stuff was in my brain, yeah. and I'm Unlocked listening. It. I provided just, you a couple of keys. And I'm just another guy sitting out there, you know, <laughs> going, okay, okay, PJ, huh? What's he doing here? <laughs> but it worked. Yeah, it's been a, an honor to work with you, a real pleasure. And Look forward to doing it. We don't have the old training center anymore, so I don't get to see you on Saturday mornings, but maybe someday we'll have You get something, and I'll be back. Yeah. All right. Who we are, Robert. Who we are. Thanks very much. Good to see you. That's it, folks. See you. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks for listening to the Unbeatable Mind podcast. Stay focused, train hard, do the work, and be unbeatable. Hoo-yah. Hoo-yah. Lock and load, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frog.